This is episode number 75, Finding My Tribe, with Nicole Ash. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement regarding our upcoming events in New York City. Washington, D.C., and San Diego, California. These are three events during which you'll get a chance to hear from speakers from all over the world on topics such as turning your pain into a powerful message, the courage to be you, and flourishing beyond your circumstances. In addition to hearing these powerful stories, you'll also get a chance to interact with others who are going through a similar journey that you are. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash events. Now, let's get back to our guests. It was hard. She said, I always wanted to be a mom. I remember when I was struggling to get pregnant and all of the infertility stuff Everybody around me, because I was hypersensitive to it all, was pregnant or had multiple children. I so wanted to belong to that mother group. Have you found your tribe? And what are the elements that make up your tribe? Without further ado, please welcome Nicole Ash. Welcome back to another episode of The Overcoming Ads Podcast. Today's guest is a good friend of mine. Her name is Nicole Ash. She's an adopted parent who has a phenomenal story. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring her onto the show to bring this story live to you and have her share as much of the insights and the knowledge that she's gained along the journey with those who are going through similar situations. So without further ado, please welcome Nicole Ash. Nicole, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm grateful that you asked me to do this. Absolutely. Uh, well, good morning, and um, we'll uh, start, I suppose, with my adoption journey. Absolutely. Okay, so um, my adoption journey really began um, in a parking lot of a hospital, and my husband and I were told um, just moments before by a uh, fertility doctor that um, we would not be able to have our own children. And I was in the parking lot crying hysterical and my husband said to me, he's turned around and he said, we will be parents of our family through adoption. And at that moment, I knew I'd married the right guy. <laughs> and um, uh, so that's how it all started. Um, I had always thought potentially um, that I would have biological children and then also adopt. My father was um, uh, 
grew up in an orphanage, and so I always wanted, I suppose, for that to come kind of full circle. Mm-hmm. You talk about um, how he had hoped that somebody would have fostered him or adopted him from the orphanage, like some of the other children that were there, um, so that he had a sense of belonging in a family, family setting. Um, but that didn't happen. So for me, it also had that other adoption had that other dimension for me. Um, so at first, we decided to do a, the foster adopt program. Um, and after um, taking several courses and going through that program, we decided it really wasn't a match for us. And so uh, then we turned to international adoption. And we first actually. Uh, we signed up with a um, agency adopting uh, from Russia, mm. and at that time, Russia um, was opening and closing their doors so frequently that mm-hmm. we had uh, been through already two cycles of uh, Russia closing their doors. And what what year was this? Gosh, so that was two thousand and probably six when we began, 2006, and so so then um, we decided, we heard about the Ukraine program, and so we decided to go for the Ukraine program, and one of the real reasons we were looking at Russia and Ukraine is that both of our ancestries um, are are Russian, Um, and at that point, so many years ago, that included so it kind of made sense for us also to look at the Ukraine. And the Ukraine's program was really um, uh, presented to us as a program where you would be able to meet children and find the best match for the person. Like an agency actually picked your child out for you prior to traveling. This, you got to travel to the Ukraine, meet children, and then choose which child you know, fit best with you all. Although that didn't actually happen, and um, the information we provided was not so. But so, um, uh, two years later, we got a we, so we registered for the, with this agency to adopt from Ukraine. And two years later, we got the call to travel. So it's a really long process. And as an adoptive parent, so many of us have experienced that long wait which um, causes so much angst and anxiety and um, uh, communities were built for me through that. You know, um, uh, I began to belong to communities of um, potential adoptive parents who uh, were in that waiting process, that dreaded waiting process. Two fast forward, so two years later, we are um, we get our call to travel to the Ukraine. And prior to leaving, um, I had started a blog so that our friends and family could follow our journey with us. We were in the Ukraine over four weeks, and um, we were um, presented a few children who we met, and um, one child who we actually wanted to bring home, and we had, um, who was, uh, both of these children were severely challenged, um, and um, 
we were up for some of that, but we weren't really up for a child, the children that we were presented, and we were older parents at that point. We're going to be older parents at that point. We really um, did not have it in us to put that much energy into a child who was going to need full-time care. Mm-hmm. Maybe years earlier, we would have been up for it, but not at that point in our life. And we had consulted with two different doctors, one in the Ukraine and one in the U.S. And so this one child, we thought we could call, we had sent all of the paperwork to both doctors. And the doctor in the U.S. consulted us and just said, you are not up for this. We met and we talked for hours and hours and hours. You have told me what your limitations are. And really, I know how desperate you are to become a mom and a dad, but this child is going to need so much care. And then your emotions get so tied up in all of it. Like you want to be a parent so bad. You know how desperate um, that child needs a family. And you are going to have to walk away from this. I mean, in the big picture of things, it took 48 hours of huge contemplation to say, okay, to the doc, this one doctor and to ourselves that he's right. We weren't really up for this. This isn't what we, we anticipated. And can we really do it? Probably not do it uh, the best. So um, we, we walked away from that, and we were told by our agency to go home. And we thought, go home? Are you crazy? We're not crazy. We have a kid. Uh, we invested so much in this. And so um, reluctantly, we returned home. Um, without a child, and we were absolutely devastated. For me, somebody who is always on, type A personality, a big doer, never can sit still, was really paralyzed in my bed. I could not move. I was absolutely, um, it was indescribable. And my husband, too, happened at that point between he and I was that our, we were so angry. We were so angry. We had exhausted all of our resources um, financially, but more so even emotionally. Like, this had been such a long journey. And now we are home without a child. I mean, it was like complete failure on uh, every spectrum. And um, so, and, and in all of that, to say no to a child who needed a home, I think, was the most intense part that we all, that the two of us had to deal with. And so um, we were angry, and our and our anger was so displaced that we were mad at each other. We just were so mad we couldn't we could barely look at one another. And um, we decided to get quickly into therapy. We were in therapy probably about six weeks, and we were just coming to the point where we were in agreement that we would move forward again with some adoption situation. Mm-hmm. I had gotten a call from somebody who was an adoption coach, and I had never talked to an adoption coach before. It was a personal referral, and 
is standing on the cross and said to me, you do not have control over everything. And you need to basically leave it to the universe that if you believe your child will come to you, your child will come to you. And I thought, that's so much malarkey. Like, really? Like, Almost like, yeah, sure, whatever. What do you mean I don't have control over everything? everything. Of course I have control over everything. <laughs> but no, she was absolutely right. Um, and so um, six weeks, we were home for about six weeks, and we got a call from my, I got a call from my sister who said, I am just the messenger, but there is a uh, woman that I know in Minnesota who read your blog, knows of a 16-year-old girl who's pregnant and considering placing her child. And at that moment, I thought, oh, I'm already on my way back to the Ukraine. I know I know how to do this now properly. And I, I don't know if I love her anymore. Like, I mean, I would love her anymore, but I'm old. I'm a much older parent. Like, there's a lot of younger uh, parents who adopted parents who would want a younger child, you know, a newborn. And my husband kept saying to me, oh my gosh, please make this phone call. Come on now, this this is like a door opening for us, and you're going to close it before you open it? So uh, a couple days later, I made the phone call, and um, soon after we connected with the birth mom and actually flew her to California, the birth mom her mother, and this middle person who we had never met before, who had read my blog in Minnesota. And um, as silly and corny as it sounds, uh, my son's birth mom walks out of the car for the first time when I was meeting her, so pregnant, and it just felt right. Like I knew instantaneously that the baby she was carrying was going to be my son. That weekend, she signed paperwork, and eight weeks later, later we got the call in Minnesota, and we were there for the delivery of our son. Um, and we have an open adoption, and um, really, it's been the most remarkable um, experience in my life. That's so many questions from what you just shared. The first one that comes to mind is. What were some of the challenges that you were presented with when you started this process as far as adopting an older child versus a newborn? Well, we knew that there would be um, some adjustment in adopting a, an older child. And uh, we had taken several classes to uh, learn how to deal with that best and to teach us, you know, um, about certain things that we should expect and one was the language barrier. So um, just like when you came to the US to speak the language. Uh, and um, so you know there was a lot to think about. I think that um, we overcame so many of those challenges just by the research and um, connecting with people who had done it previously. Um, that reassured us that it's doable and that um, it, 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 the experience could be good. You, 
you mentioned at the at the beginning of this the different communities that you've been able to become a part of, and how I'm assuming that it's um, in a way redefined your own sense of what it means to belong on this planet, and maybe even the purpose that you serve on this planet. How has this this experience and the obstacles that you have to go through, as far as you know, the process of adoption and then things that sounds like just that happened and fell into place at the right time. How did that shape you moving forward from that? Yeah, well, um, I have to say that um, in terms of belonging, um, it absolutely expanded the community that I now belong to. Mm-hmm. And it was so, um, I always wanted to be a mom. So that was so important important to me. I remember when I was struggling to get pregnant and all the infertility stuff and not being able to get pregnant and everybody around me was hypertension was pregnant or had multiple children. People who shouldn't be having children were having their fifth child and I was like, ah, what about me? You know, I so wanted to belong to that mother group and and I think so much so because of my mom. Um, and so, so when my child was born and I could belong to that mother group, there was so much in that family. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just so much. I mean, having a child for me um, was like pure bliss. I don't even know how to explain it, but just absolute pure bliss. And um, to be able to experience that with other women a great feeling of belonging to that community where we could share, we could share about um, things that we related to about being a mother. And um, so that was so great. In addition to that, there was the adopted parent um, group that now we belong to, my husband and I both, which is so good for us, um, hearing other people's stories, being able to get to relate to them telling our truths and not being judged for it being accepted and accepting others. I mean, there's so much in that belonging um, that we all get to experience once we find those groups that we fit in. Um, I have a boy mom group boys, which is funny. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. We all get to talk about our boys and the differences, and there's no judgment, and um, and there's so much help. We help each other so much, um, um, which I think is the, probably the greatest thing that we get out of it is being able to help one another. Um, so my groups of belonging have expanded so. Much because of my adopt, you know, being an adopted mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much? How much would you say of all of this? You know, I, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, and she is—I don't know how many months uh, she's pregnant. And we were just talking about how, when you're pregnant, it, uh, based on her experience, it redefines her image 
and it, it makes you know she's at a point right now where she makes her question about how people think. And I, I was asking her the question of, well, does it, does it ever get to a point for you where you know as you get closer to that date where you don't even feel comfortable walking to certain places because of the assumptions that people have when it comes to just pregnancy in general. And so you know, the, the thing that we were talking about was about community and how community support is so critical at that particular stage of finding people who essentially can say it's okay for you to, to be who you are there's literally nothing you can do to change that. And so we started talking a lot about your own image and finding acceptance within yourself before you can find that true community. How important would you say that is, is in your experience before you were able to tap into these different communities that you were a part of? What are some of the things that you kind of had to make sure that you had on your end so that way you can truly have those authentic connections within groups that you're, you would be And authentic. Mm-hmm. I think because when you are the true person, your true self, um, you have uh, you have a people see it you, and it's easier for other people to accept you mm-hmm. than you actually accept yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you remember a time in your life when that... So essentially what I'm hearing is, is almost like accepting that you are not perfect and that we're all like that. And then from there you get to just live the life that you were given. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, um, when you were talking about this gal that was pregnant, so there, my whole life I never felt like I did not belong. I mean, I always had strong connections to a incredible family, mm-hmm. uh, incredible sisterhood. Um, there was always, I always had great groups that I belonged to, except when I was ready to be a mother and I wasn't. And I know how my self-image changed. I didn't want to put myself out there in, at these parties where everybody about being pregnant. And the other thing, strangely enough, that happens a lot when you're married and you've been married a few years, everywhere you go, everybody's parents ask you, so when are you going to get pregnant? And it's like, if they only knew your struggle, and they don't, so I'm really, really self-conscious about never asking anybody that question because you don't know what's going on in other people's lives.
Um, because again, I thought I had control over everything, and why wasn't this happening? Like I'm doing everything right, you know. I'm a great person. And, you know, why me? But uh, yeah, so there has been that time in my life where I did think there were um, groups that I did not belong to. What were some? What are some of the challenges that you experience for those who are maybe very early on in the process or have recently become adopted parents? Um, based on your personal journey, you know, what are the things that you might have gone through or are still going through with your child that um, people can or should be more aware of, and how did you get through them? I would tell people to find a group, to find a community and peers, people who are experiencing the same kinds of things so that they have people to talk to that will support them and encourage them and motivate them and inspire them not to give up. Um, there are many times in the adoption process where it can be so overwhelming. I mean, the paperwork alone is and um, you just have to power through it. Like, you have to look at the end goal when you're in that process of adopting. You have to know that you will be matched with your child. You will, um, you will adopt your child. Um, but the process can be so long and so um, unstable um, that really a community of people that you can go to to talk about this. Um, at, I mean, once you have your child, again, I have a great community of um, uh, adoptive mothers and parents who um, get together quite often. We're available at the time of the day for any one of us, and that's been a great resource for me, so I would encourage that. I think that um, it, that I guess I would say um, Again, that I feel like everything happens the way it's supposed to, and even through those challenges or difficult times, either with your child or through the adoption process, that um, there usually is a lesson in it, and we don't really have control of everything, and so we only can do the best we can, and I really fully believe that everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. That's an amazing mindset that you, you have. I, I started to believe in the same thing a couple years ago, and that is instead of looking at adversities as points that are painful and negative, there's nothing you can get out of it. I think it's important to look at things like that because there's always there's always a lesson or there's an, always an opportunity within every challenge. And it's more so just being able to just take a step back and really reflect on that process and figure out what am I supposed to learn from this. Final thought for today's episode, and this is a question I ask all of our guests, and that is, who or what are you grateful for today, and why? Well, I'm grateful for so many things today. I'm grateful that you and I connected, Ole, because this has opened 
that whole community for me. And um, I had been looking for quite a while to belong to um, something in the adoption and foster care world that I was really passionate about. Um, through our connection, I'm finding that and um, it's given me a new sense of purpose and a point of advocacy. And um, so today, I'm grateful for you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your experience with us. Um, is there any way that people can stay in contact with you, find you? What are some of the best places to do that? Absolutely. Um, feel free to email me at nikkiash23 at gmail.com. And that's N-I-K-K-I-A-S-H-23 at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to having you next week.